Hello, this is Joe, the Connection Counselor, and today on Executive Presence Morsels, we'll be sampling another bite-sized learning to help you be seen, be heard, and be elevated. I really love this next topic. It's, this concept is so elusive, and it's not the only key, but I think it's very key to increasing your executive presence. And it's also the state of being that seems the most obvious if you would ask someone about executive presence and starts with a C. It is the state of being of confidence. Now, the challenge with confidence is there's often people who are doing things or more than happy to do things to challenge and break and tear down your confidence, whatever, they could be varied motives, right? They could be a competitor, they could be insecure, they could just be a mean person. In any case, regardless of their motives, it can be hard in a competitive environment and it can certainly be difficult as well if you're an underrepresented professional to have that confidence that you need to lead with the executive presidents. Because as we know, and as we've discussed before, if you don't have confidence in yourself, it becomes very, very difficult, if not impossible, for others to have confidence in you, especially when the stakes are high and they really want to go with someone who they can see has the confidence to lead. So the most important thing for us in terms of generating executive presence is to know that we have to keep going with confidence, regardless of what the current judgment of our confidence is by the world or you know, external sources. Because bosses will change, companies will change, industries will change. The only thing that's never gonna change is you. And so the key is when you give up on your efforts, when you lose confidence in yourself, that is the biggest problem for you generating executive presence and that is the biggest problem for your career, for your high performance and your success. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, Joe, confidence isn't a magic wand, right? Like wanting to have confidence doesn't mean I'll have it. So how do we get past this sort of challenge to our confidence and everyone's natural tendency to sometimes have anxiety, doubt, or at the far worse end of the spectrum, something like imposter syndrome, right? Where you start to feel like a fake. Part of the challenge here is intellectually knowing your worth is a lot different than feeling and believing your worth. Right? You can take a look at your resume, you can take a look at your accomplishments, you can gather 360 feedback or talk to people and everyone can say you are the best, you can do it, you have no reason to be insecure and if you don't feel and believe that yourself, you will still not have the confidence. So how do you get there when there are actually a lot of people Right? Not just people who want to build you up, but there are plenty of people around who are ready, willing, and able to take up the task of tearing you down. So how do you figure out 
what the right feedback is, how do you learn to really absorb it and feel it rather than just hear it and have a checklist and have it be more intellectual. And I want to share with you a really powerful quote that I discovered recently from John Joseph Powell. And I'll read you the quote. It is an absolute human certainty that no one can know his own beauty or perceive a sense of his own worth until it has been reflected back to him in the mirror of another loving, caring human being. I want to paraphrase and say it one more time. It is an absolute human certainty that no one can know her own beauty or perceive a sense of her own worth until it has been reflected back to her in the mirror of another loving, caring human being. So that wasn't a paraphrase. I just replaced <laughs> the pronoun him with her, but, but you, you get it. So if you think about it, think about the way you look at someone you love, whether it's a child, a parent, a grandparent, a friend, a spouse, or a partner. And think about the way you see them, right? And that is the true reflection, and that's where you can get that true sense of even just a bit of your value. You can see that reflected back, and that's what you can feel. That's real, because you have that relationship, and you have the trust with that person. And so I think it's really important to surround yourself with those sorts of loving people and have those experiences and have those really build up your confidence and make you more aware of your value and your worth. So today, as you go through the day, when there are people who tear you down and you're having a tough day on your confidence, my wish for you is the same that I have for my son, that you could see yourself the way I see you or the way the people know you see you with love and that limitless, limitless value and potential that you have, that you could truly see yourself through the eyes of someone who loves and cares for you rather than someone who is just your friend or works for you or may have other motives or obstructions in the way they see you. And the confidence that you can build from this, this sort of confidence is the fountain of executive presence. Well, thanks for listening to Executive Presence Morsels. This is Joe Kwan, the Connection Counselor. Remember, it's not what you say, do, or wear. It's how you make people feel that generates executive presence. Nothing else matters. If you'd like, please stay tuned for a preview of tomorrow's episode, brought to you by our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the last episode of season nine. Today we're going to talk about how to survive the worst. A lot of times when people think about executive presence, they think about the executive in their limelight, right? The CEO who brought in and saved the company or, um, you know, a leader whose team is thriving. Well, how do those same executives hold up when everything is going wrong or something horrible has happened to them, to their team, to their company, or the industry in general? How will they stand up to the worst case scenario as opposed to how they thrive in the best case scenario? As you all know, bad news can happen. Coronavirus, layoffs, you can have health issues, uh, legal or financial woes. All of these things can really test even the best leaders, the leaders who are thriving in good times. They can really test you when these bad times come. So today we're going to talk about some characteristics or uh, behaviors of leaders who are able to survive the worst and really show executive presence in the worst case scenarios. So the first principle I'm going to share with you is when things go horribly wrong, it's really important to stay busy, right? To keep the mind occupied on some sort of activity so you don't spiral into thinking too much. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to share the rest of the episode with you. Join us next time for another tasty executive presence morsel.